Gospel of John chapter 1, 1 through 5. According to the Word of God, the Gospel according to Matthew, the Gospel according to Mark, the Gospel according to Luke, and the Gospel according to John. These will be the only four books that we have in all of history to make up what would be the account inspired by God about himself. You may ask, am I calling Jesus Christ God? I will say to you, no, not by my own authority. I am reading and repeating to you what the Bible says. It has been entirely left up to you to accept or not what the Word of God says about himself. And that, brothers and sisters, is why we are here tonight, to hear and learn what the Word of God says about himself. As he was being tested by the tempter, the devil, Jesus would repeat the words from the fifth book of Moses. As Moses spoke to the Israelites at the time when the Almighty God of creation was forming them as a nation, while they wandered in the desert those forty-some years. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 will say this, And God humbled you, and let you hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know. That's what manna means. Manna is a word given to, um, to give the idea of, what is this? They did not know this bread from heaven that was falling on the ground for them, that nourished them, that fed them when they complained and wanted something other than what they were having to eat. God fed them, God took care of them, but they did not know what it was. Nor did your fathers know, the Bible says, that he, that is God, might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. We will know that later, that man cannot live as the world desires him to, but man must live according to the word of God and according to God's direction in what his word has to say about himself. To know God is to be directed in your life. Can you tonight relate with those Israelites wandering in the wilderness? Is God speaking to your heart for you to know him? The Bible tells us that the Israelites continued to wander, never reaching the promised land, never all except two, Joshua and Caleb. One was the promised one to go, and one was hardcore and made himself ready to go. All the Israelites died off, the entire generation, because they continued to desire a life on bread alone, and continued to choose until their end not to know God. The Gospel according to John is different than the first three Gospels in that this account has no parables. Also, the other three Gospels tell us of where Jesus went and what he did. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
this gospel, specifically the gospel of John, will focus more on who Jesus is. That's why it's so specific to understand that the gospel of John is different than the other ones, though the other ones mention Jesus. Specifically, the Gospel of John talks of his deity, talks of who, in fact, is this man, Jesus. Which, as we go through the Gospel of John, we will learn and know that God is full in Jesus. But Jesus was also fully man. This is just an introduction to the entire book. Let us open our hearts and receive with gladness what God has to say about himself. I'm going to ask you a question. This is between you and the Lord, or between you and your heart. And that is, I would like you to see if your answer to my question can be easily explained to someone else. Who is your God? Take a moment and think about that. Who is your God? Is it a he? Is it a she? Is it an it? Do you have no idea the question? Who is your God? Because whether we know it or not, everyone has one. Everyone. Man was created to know God, but man was also given the choice to choose him. If God is not in your heart, something else will be. It is our nature. Who is your God? The Holy Bible teaches us many things about one God. The God of the Bible is the Almighty God, responsible for the creation of all things. The Bible also teaches us that there is only one way to know God, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, we will get there in time, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the biggest question is, what does that mean? What does it mean to be the way? What does it mean to be the truth? And specifically, what does it mean to be the life? And this evening, we're going to focus most on that. What is this, the life? What are you talking, Lord? Because it says here that no one comes to the Father except through me. So, let's get into our chapter here. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. There's that word again. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. When we read this in the beginning, the beginning of creation, 
We have the same introduction in the first book of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, John chooses to use this introduction into the New Testament, which we know is the new covenant that was made by whom? Jesus Christ. As the first verse of Genesis was the, the start of creation, this is going to show us the start of the new covenant. Because creation was the beginning of all things. The new covenant was the beginning of life. Understand this, that we are going to see the meaning of life and what it means to the Christian. And more specifically, what it means to know Jesus. So as we get into the Word, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we have a separation here. These words are very simple. You don't have to be a scholar to understand them. As a matter of fact, God specifically wrote the Word of God that a child could understand it. I have seen children explain the gospel message. Amazing. That will make your mouth open. I was sitting on a beach one day in the States, on the coast, walking um, from the water to, to home, of course, and, and I overheard kids. One was speaking to maybe two or three of them, sitting on a, sitting on a towel. They had to have been eight years old. Had to have been. And he was giving the gospel message of Jesus Christ to a point where I stopped to listen to it. It was so powerful. Because that's what the message of Christ is. It's not what we know. It's what he shows us. And the, the little boy was only telling what he saw in the word. He was just repeating the word. As I said in the introduction, you asked Paul, are you saying that Jesus Christ is God? I'm not saying that. I have no authority. But you know what? The Holy Spirit within me does. And the Word of God says, yes, Jesus Christ is God. And that is the key. And this is what we need to see in the Word, is that there is clearly a separation between God and the Word. So that's what we have. And the Word was with God. Now the second part of verse 1 says, and the Word was God. Very simply understood. That means that whatever was separated is actually one and the same. When we have here that the Word was with God, it shows that there is another one there. He was in the beginning with God, showing that Jesus was in the beginning with God. God, I'm, I'm sorry, Jesus had no, no, no uh, creation in himself. He was not formed. He always was. All things, it says, were made through Him, through the Word. All things were made through Jesus Christ. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. So when someone says, oh, well, Jesus Christ had to learn everything. That's true, as a man. But Jesus Christ always was, as God. You see, let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. So it reads, Let this be in you which was also in 
Christ Jesus. He's going to describe Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Anyone that said in times of old, in the ancient times, that they were equal to God, do you know what would happen to them? Have you read the beginning books of the um, Old Testament? Yeah? You know what happens? They get stoned. That's what happens. They lose their lives. And they lose their lives with no conscience. Everything is fine for them because they called themselves equal to God. No one can be equal to God. But Jesus Christ here claims, or, well, we're going to see that in the Gospels, of course, but this is an account of when Jesus says he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But back then, it was a big deal. So we see here that in verse 7, uh, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And it says here in verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. He came out of heaven to be not just with us, but to be the lowest form of us. You know, you think your life is bad? You think your job is difficult? Well, the Almighty God, do you know what He did? He chose that. He chose that because He knew there's nothing lower. Even to the point of death. Is that what your verse says, your translation? Even to the point of death. The death on the cross. And by the way, so that little history you know, to die on the cross was the most humiliating way to die. Not everyone died on the cross. Only the worst of the criminals died on the cross. Murderers. Bad, bad guys. As a matter of fact, the two that were next to him were, I mean, very bad. They were murderers, robbers, crooks. I said, crooks is a good word. Those are the ones that died on the cross. So are you seeing a, a picture here how we are now seeing the, the account of the new covenant that Jesus Christ came to make with his created kind? Us. Yeah? And it says here that verse 2, Gospel of John, he was in the beginning with God. He always was with God. He was not a created being. We just now read the account that he chose to come down here. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Now, this next verse, in him was life. Now, when you read that word, life, la vie, what does it mean to you? Um, to any Frenchman, for that matter. To any Mauritian. To any Englishman. When it says, in him was life. Well, that would be a word in the Greek, biotikos. Bio, where we get the word biology. The study of life. But have we ever looked into the word itself? That is not what is meant here. Biotikos is relating to the present existence of pertaining to things that pertain to this life. It's the here and now, bio. It's the, what they would call anything that has breath, now. Not deceased and not future. 
but present and now. Do you see how our very minds as men in this world are formulated to believe that life is biotikos? Now, we're going to look at the meaning of this particular word that's being used here. In him was life. Zoe. That's a different word now, isn't it? The Greek uses a different word. Why? Because it has a different meaning. That's why. But the translation that we have here is a limited one. It's all we have. However, the meaning itself is life, literally. Life, which means the principle thereof. We have an account in the book of Exodus. Let's turn there. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to read a quick account of when God visited Moses as a burning bush. Now, in the eyes of Moses, it was a bush on fire that did not consume, did not, did not uh, turn to ash. All he saw was a burning bush, never consumed away. Yeah, the bush spoke to him and said, I have a job for you, literally. And right here on about the um, 13th verse, it may be the same for you. I'll read it, then we'll find out where it is on your translation. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And God said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So Moses asks God his name. Moses asks God, How can I identify you to Pharaoh? That's where you're sending me. You're literally sending me to my deathbed. So tell me, who do I tell him, the king of the land? This is who Pharaoh was. Very powerful. Who do I tell them? Sent me. And God said, Je suis. Je suis. If your heart and or intellectual mind, if you say, I am what? Je suis, je suis quoi? Would that be I am what? Je suis quoi? You've missed the point. Because je suis quoi would be a question to ask Biotikos, one that is alive, breathing, presently speaking. However, je suis is zoe, which would be the principle of I am life. Therefore, the meaning of. So you don't have to be anything more than a child to understand that it is not speaking of a present time but the existence thereof. So when in verse 4 it says, in him was life, let it be understood by us that we truly do not live even though we breathe without him. Because we are not within the existence of what life truly is. If in fact we limit ourselves to believe that life consists of the here and the now, so therefore, I must obtain all the money I can here and now. I must buy 
all the things that I can here and now. We have a shirt, a print in the States that says, he who dies with the most toys wins. Isn't that funny? He who dies with the most toys wins because everyone laughs when they read it. But a child of God, when he looks at that, your eyes change. The view changes. He who dies with the most toys was a fool because there are people all over this world and I guarantee you within his reach that don't have toys, that can't afford toys, that don't even know what toys are because they're not allowed to have them. Different viewpoint, isn't it? Why? Because true living is in Christ, not in breath of man. Now, it says here, and the life was the light of men. Have you ever walked into a dark room filled with furniture and glass? Little glass vials, jars, very expensive things, let's say. You don't want to break any of it. But have you walked into a dark room without putting on the light? You would not even think of it. You would not walk into the room, would you? God, even that, uses to show you, you cannot see without light. Therefore, turn the light on. Build that relationship with Jesus Christ and see the dark corners of your heart. See the direction, not only in your own heart, but in the direction God wants you to go. He'll show you because he is the light of men in Christ. He wants to show you, he doesn't want to point out to you how bad you are. You should already have known that. That's why you came to him. And now that you've come to him, and now that you've accepted him into your life, let him be the light of your life and to show you in what direction to take. Something good, something worth mentioning, something you can be actually happy to say that you are. Then let the light of men shine through you. And the only way to do that is to know that Jesus Christ is God. This is what the Bible teaches us. Because the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Does everyone have that in their translation? So there's nothing more complicated to understand about that. No. This is the translation that we have. This is the Word of God. That, the Word of God itself, says is inspired by God. I said that in the introduction. Which means, by the way, the word inspired means God breathed. It means God spoke it. So this is what we have here. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Our fifth verse says, And the light shines in the darkness. So it gives us a function. It tells us what is this light. That it shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Okay? Of course, we use the example of walking into a dark room with expensive uh, items, articles all over. There's no way you would walk through that room without turning on the light. I assure you, there is no way that you should walk in this world without Christ. If Christ is the light of men, to walk in this world thinking that we are knowledgeable of what's out there, we will be just like the Israelites that wandered in the desert because that's exactly what God will let you do. 
God will let you wander and wander and wander unless you let him show you the way. That's what we're here tonight to do. We're here to meet and to go through the Gospel of John to know who is Jesus in order to know how to let him. How can I let go and let God? That's the key of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and a more intimate one. That you come to a study and understand who Jesus Christ is. That you hear not a man, but the Word of God. So you ask me, Paul, are you saying that Jesus Christ is God? Let's see what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says clearly that Jesus is God. Jesus is the Word. So when you see here, back in the Gospel of John, verse 5, chapter 1 says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. As we touched on last week, a better translation is, could not overcome it. The darkness could not overtake the light. The darkness could not overpower the light. It was the light that shined through the darkness, extinguishing the darkness. When darkness exists, it is because it is the absence of light. If you do not walk with Christ, if you do not determine in your lives to make that time with Christ, for Him to be the light of your life, you will be consumed with darkness. You will be consumed with darkness. That is what the Bible is telling us. The Bible tells us because it's the light that shines in the darkness. It doesn't tell us our good deeds shine in the darkness. It doesn't tell us that our stance, our physical strength shines in the darkness. The Bible is telling us it is only the light that shines through the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness cannot overtake, overpower, overcome the light of men. But the darkness most certainly, and it will, overcome you if you let it. Why? Well, how do I know that, Paul? Because the Bible told us that. We read the account of the Israelites wandering in the desert. They allowed the darkness to overcome them. They allowed the, the darkness to overtake them, to lead them, rule them. And it led them to death. We're going to see as we get into the Gospel of John that there are two resurrections. Two. One, the resurrection to life. Or two, the resurrection to death. Doesn't make sense now, but it will when we get there. 